Well, this is Mayan Sally's podcast, episode two. Um, in the first episode, we launched it and we were like, we're going to do these like once a month. And five months later, it's episode two in the new year. Um, so it's going to be pretty irregular. We're going to get back on track. New year, new us. And we're welcoming our first guest, Aiden O'Sullivan. Uh, hello, Aiden. Hey, Gar, how are you? Not too bad. Um, this is going to be for a special, uh, what do you call it, series of podcasts in anticipation of the, I would say, would you say this is probably the only animation funding scheme in Ireland? Like solely animation. Can you think of another? I'm, I'm racking my brain here, but um, there used to be the, um, the, the two minute fund in RTE. Um, where they had a, a young people scheme where you'd get 10 grand for a yes. 10 minute short. Um, that was the first thing I applied for, but I don't think that's there anymore. I think they discontinued it or they, you know, rearranged. You know, there might be a different scheme They've kind scheme of revamped there. it because I believe that they had one. So two years ago, they had one for Christmas, which mm-hmm. was like Orti, you'll something or other. I don't yes, know. You'll um, love yeah. this or something. Yeah. And then, uh, then they, this year they had, or sorry, 2021, Mm -hmm. they had, um, Oh, they did a Halloween thing, didn't they? Halloween thing. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's been pretty interesting as in they've had like, what, 10, they would like give money to 10 projects to do like micro shorts basically. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, um, the, I don't know if they're still doing it, the, the little museum of Ireland. They had a, a scheme they did, um, I think they did it two years in a row and it was like, it might be, I, I'd, I'd be guessing at the money, but it was, it was similar, maybe five, 10 grand mm. somewhere to do a, a short piece of animation that appears in the museum. The first year was, you know, just something to sort of like, you know, the, about Dublin. So I'm getting off track. The point is, <laughs> Frameworks is, as far as, is the, it's the big one. It's the one that if you're doing like animated shorts or if you're a kind of smaller studio yeah. or apparently now a bigger studio, that you aim uh, to do something with it, you know? Yeah, it's the one if you're a college student, they tell you about and you kind of go, oh, I'm going to do a Frameworks one day. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and I suppose it'd be relevant to mention what Aidan O'Sullivan what what Edino Sullivan does, you know? Uh-huh. Do, you, do you want me to? Give you have you a list here. Well, I was gonna, I was allowing you the opportunity, but I can read it off of your LinkedIn if you'd prefer. Um, no, my 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 LinkedIn is is <laughs> ill maintained. Um, I've right. I I graduated IADT in two thousand and seven. I'm I've worked in the animation industry, mostly with Cavalier for a long time. And when I was there, I went in. Like I was a hand-drawn guy, pencil and paper, and was not good at flash. And it just took me a long time to sort of build that flash skill set in. And Cavalier gave me that opportunity um, to, you know, start with very basic stuff, just drawing props and assets. And it was like, I'll be here for three days. And at the end of those three days, they were like, we might need you for another week. At the end of that week, they were like, do you know how to rig a character? And like two years later, I was still there, you know, because anytime somebody said they needed something, I kept my ear out and I... You know, by the end of it, I had done backgrounds, props, characters, animated on a show. I think I even did a rewrite in a script one time, which, you know, was was subsequently taken away from me and uh, written better. But, you know, it just, um, they gave me a chance to do a lot of stuff in there. Um, after that, then I moved to Radii, which is where I am now. And I moved there based on 
all of the, like a lot of what Cavalier had as well at that very beginning was sort of um, e-learning software stuff through HMH and Riverdeep. I don't know if you ever did any work on any of those, but... You know, HMH is a big one. I mean, I don't know how many students will be listening to this, but like when people come out of college... I mean, most of the people I talk to, I'd be very surprised if they hadn't worked for HMH at one point or done yeah. some sort of animation. It's, for it's them. a <laughs> it's a it's a huge international educational publishing company, and they do a lot of animated e learning stuff. And there was, you know, there was a gap in I just wasn't working at Cavalier in that moment. In this place, Radii was doing a, an e learning project, and they needed a bunch of animation done, and that was about eighty two minute shorts. Um, that we needed to get done in about six, eight months. Now, like, you know, it wasn't, you know, I'm not going to say it was full full TV animation quality type of stuff, but we, we did, a, I think we did a good job getting those done. And like, that's in schools now. Um, like locally or in? Yeah, no, Irish schools. So um, it's uh, KMR Came, which is a, a CJ Fallon language product. And we've done a, a bunch oh, of right. software stuff for them. But it meant then at that point that we kind of had, you know, the animator and the animation tool set in-house. And, you know, as we were moving on to other, you know, web development stuff and software applications and like I'm, I'm reasonably good at project management and, and I'm fairly, fairly adaptable. I've got a pretty technical, like I, this all sounds like bragging, but you asked me, like I'm able to, like I talk well with developers no. and I understand the concepts that well, they're dealing relevant. with. So I'm kind of, I've, I've been able to adapt what I need to do to stay employed. But, you know, I then went, hey, we've got all these animators and we've got the toolkit in here. Let's pitch an animated short. And the guys at Radii were really open to that and, you know, helped me pitch for uh, the RTE short and for frameworks. And yeah, we've we've kept doing that end of things so far and we're just trying to grow it kind of slowly and naturally. And of course the pandemic hasn't helped, but um, we're, you know, we're still optimistic and still pushing. And I think we've had pretty good success. What I really like about your uh, career is just how broad and varied it is because in amongst all that as well, I remember that you were doing teaching like in IEDT or like on the weekends, like for portfolio preparation and things, but it's yeah. like- um, So I, yeah. I stopped doing that now, but I, yeah, I spent 10 years doing the summer classes and the Saturday morning classes. And I loved doing that because it just, I'd get to the end of the week kind of sick to death of animation, but then I'd have to sell it to a group of people in the morning. And it made me like go, oh yeah, no, I really do like, I really do like this, you know, and and I'd see people being optimistic. And um, it's funny, the first time you're sort of sat in an office working with somebody you taught five years ago, you know, and like, that's kind of funny. And then when you see the sort of, the slow sinking and realization of the reality of animation start to hit them as well. You know, there's, you get to see both sides of it. And that optimistic hurts. And <laughs> <laughs> there's somewhere in the middle, you know, I tried, I tried to paint as realistic an image of the whole industry as I possibly could while being as inspiring as I could. But like, it is that thing where sometimes as when I'm talking to students or, or, I don't know, people who are starting out in the industry, it's kind of like, there's, it feels like there's only one route, but actually like, you know, you've kind of uh, outlined a route there whereby there's like, no, there's multiple avenues. I was doing a bunch of things. I was juggling a few, one or two things and all of them required a few different skill sets that were ended up being transferable. And now, um, yeah, the kind of, and, and also it's relevant for um, like, 
framework scheme or making short films in general because it requires you to put on quite a lot of hats when Absolutely, you're doing yeah. this uh, stuff. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's where I wanted to... So, uh, you know, uh, my aunt Sally made Pork, our framework short, which is doing the festival rounds. Um, I saw it through the Galway um, screening, so congratulations, it was great. Thank you. The Galway screening, we showed up in person for that one because they had it outdoors and uh, they almost had to stop it at some point because it started like absolutely lashing rain and everybody had to huddle under tents. It was very, um, a unique experience, certainly. You know, we both have made frameworks shorts. I directed one, you directed one. Mm-hmm. And um, I, in anticipation of this pitching process, I guess I wanted to talk about that multi hat wearing this analogy is getting away from it but you get what I'm saying where it's like the things that go into the application process and the application itself because uh, sometimes like when you're handing in for these things Mm -hmm. at least for me I also think probably something we share is that we have a probably have a a bunch of applications that did not get picked up (laughs) going in for the frameworks so I always thought that was relevant too Mm -hmm. but um but yeah, so um, I guess tell me about Nightlink then. So where did that kind of, the first so bit the, come, the inspiration come for that and then the next steps that meant it went on for the framework scheme? So I told you we, we, we decided we wanted to do animation and I was looking at what I knew of the framework scheme at that point. That like it required a, a, an existing producer to be attached to it. And, you know, with a proven track record of animation and I'm here looking at like my career and it's varied as it is and going, okay, like these are e-learning, but I definitely directed them. So I'm able to point at these animated things that we just made. So I I was talking to you a little bit off mic about being able to look at the stuff that you've done and make a solid case that like all of this is valuable. This is work and this is experience. And, you know, it's, I did this role here. I was director on these things. So that's me. I'm a, I'm a director with a track record. Um, I didn't think we stood a chance of getting that first frameworks. And you you came in and I talked to you at the time as well about your application because I think you had done or been involved with the the RTE yeah. short scheme. And going into that, going into that, um, I thought we might get the RTE one. We won't get the frameworks one, but we'll get this first application in, make the RTE one and come back next year with a proven televised broadcast standard thing. So it meant that when it came to writing the framework script, I went, probably not going to get this. And I just overwrote it. I went, write the most, just go wild, write your fantasy script. And I went a bit mad. And then they gave it to me and I had to make it. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, was kind of a dream come true, I guess. You know, like I I wrote something that was a bit crazy. Um, It's drawn from like, a wide range of influences i'm i like a night out and i like i don't like nightclubs and bars as much as i like walking around the city with my mates talking shit so just being able to i don't know if you've seen it or i don't know if your listeners will have seen it but just the the um i like i just liked the opportunity to try and render what a stroll around dublin it looks like at night um and um, draw on all of the sort of sort of supernatural and comic booky and and um, animation influences that sort of sit in my head anyway, and land it in this story of like 
um, some of the sort of conflicted feelings I have around the presence of the Catholic Church being so central to what was a much longer existent civilization or culture and how the how the the ancient Irish stuff butts up against the Catholic stuff and where the Catholic stuff said, oh, we'll take this and we'll just add angels to the end of it. And, you know, they, they just started taking pieces of it. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that, I don't know what picture that paints for people that haven't seen the film, but, you know, it, it's a mishmash of um, Irish culture, Catholicism, Dublin nights out. So... Um. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Oh yeah, give the give the log line if you can remember it of your. Uh, <laughs> the the thing the thing the thing with log lines funny. is the thing with log lines <laughs> that I found frustrating is um, you write your log line for the pitch, and then you go to put your log line on the like submission form for Galway, and it's like it needs to be eighty characters. So now I need to rewrite it down, and then you go and write it for another festival, and it needs to be slightly longer, slightly shorter. So I've I've rewritten this so many ways that I've forgotten what it was, but basically a, a, a bereaved and drunken man wanders Dublin city, cursing God and uh, asking for a way out. And he pisses off the, he, he pisses off the people that might just be able to give it to him. So a couple of pukas having some cans around a nearby graveyard. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, yeah. And what, and I suppose what, here's what I'm going to do as well, because I really want this to be informative and mm-hmm. I'm going to go through, and I'm, I mean very quickly, not in any kind of meaningful way, okay. just use uh, some of the stuff from the actual application form. So if you're uh, thinking of applying to the frameworks this year, one of the a top tip from me mm. is, um, used to be what I would do is I would look on the website and see how they had written up frameworks, you know, mm-hmm. like as in what have, how, what have they said about the scheme? When actually what I think everybody should do is just immediately, well, not immediately. I mean, obviously read the frameworks right up and what it says about itself mm-hmm. and what they're looking for. Cause I think that there is some sort of vague theme about things as well. Um, so keep an eye on it, but, um, it is where it always is it's incredibly beneficial to go straight to the application as well and just look at the layout of it. Um, because sometimes I don't know if you're like this, but, uh, people can leave it till the last minute and then they get there and the format can kind of floor people. And yeah. also there's some things on this web, on this form as well, where it's like save for later or next or something, some button thing. I don't know how it works, but yeah. ultimately multiple times when I put in an application and I have like an entire page written up, cool, onto the next one and we're all good, just about to submit. And then it goes, this entire page isn't done. It's a, it's like if you, if you hit next, it saves what you've done but if you hit the number like two page three page four it doesn't um it's funny you should say like i literally have that like written down as a note to just mention that like i i applied for something i applied for like nickelodeon did an open call for pitches years ago and i put up like a month into like there was downtime in cavalier and i was just using the desk in the office and um like i i drew I put a whole blooming pitch together and then went tons of time. Let's just submit this thing. And then I clicked into the form and it was like, oh God, this is like yeah. the website has the list of requirements. You'll need X, Y, and Z. And then you open the actual mm-hmm. form and there's always something different. So now whenever, like I was looking at a form the other day with uh, a couple other people and 
the first thing I'll do now is I will go to that form and I will screen grab everything and take it out and use that as my checklist rather than... Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And that's what it serves as well, a checklist for sure. Yeah. Um, so the first one is, is this an Irish language project? Uh, yes, no, you can click that. It does say though that you will need to provide your own... It doesn't say it here, but it does say it over on the actual form that if you're going to do an Irish language project that you need to do your own subtitles for it. Um, just to take that into account, I guess, is the thing. Dubbing or... And you um, need to create like sidecar yeah. files, like uh, I think it's VTT and SRT. Like you can get, yeah. get like we had to get a, a company to do a transcription of one of the films and they provide exactly. a file back. And So relevant for a producer, if you're thinking about that. Um, my, like, just as you say that, um, in terms mm. of the, like, putting on all your hats thing, if yeah. you are inclined and have the wherewithal as a director, just read all the paperwork. Just read it all and know what's going on. It, um, it, it just, it helps. <laughs> to understand yeah. why these things are being asked of you. But yes, which type of paperwork it depends because uh I definitely did not read all of the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I, uh, very yeah. I I went through the the Screen Ireland website and every like you go through it and it goes read these guidelines, read those guidelines, read those guidelines and I was like fine, reading them all. Reading just anything and everything. That's me. It, I don't know how much of it's relevant and how much mm. of it's useful, but, you know, and then when it comes to, you know, the contracting on the other side of it, it's like, I'm here are the things you need to deliver. I'm skipping the thing, but mm -hmm. like, here are the contracts, here's the schedule of deliverables, here's the X, Y, and Z. Like, I just, this is yeah. me and it's the opportunity in the context that I'm working in. Your producer might go, don't worry about that. Whatever, yeah. we'll handle it. But I just know, I, I like to know what's going on. Yeah, no, I... Um I just, I mean, it depends. I, I didn't, well, I'm not going to reveal that. I didn't read any of the contracts. <coughs> but anyway, it's this thing where it's like, I just see a big wall of text. And yeah. like, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, it's no. painful. But and numbers as well. Can't do it, you know. But, um, you know, sometimes needs must. It is actually easier. It's not easy. I wouldn't ever say that coming up with a budget is easy because it's not. Mm -hmm. But um, the it is a little easier than you think it is if you're somebody who's not inclined to numbers, much like myself. I just can't, mm. never had a head for them. Um, but um, but anyhow, so the first thing that come, you know, I'm going to skip a few things. You know, you got title. If you've ever any made previous applications, okay, whatever. But budgetary information, which budget are you applying for? So this is the two-tiered system that has come into effect in the past two years, I believe, mm -hmm. and which my and Sally um, were... Um, I think we were in the first year that it happened. So anyway, the there's a two-minute project, which is €20,000. <clears> there's a five-minute project, which is €55,000, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and whatever. Anyway, okay, so I'm going to cut that. But anyway, so, so, so anyway, uh, the two-minute one, uh, I went to a... Sometimes two minutes... Me and uh, the people, the fine people at my Aunt Sally, we uh, handed in for the two-minute project. And then all, some of you all who've seen it are probably going, but it's not two minutes. It's three and a half minutes or something like that. I don't know how long it ended up being. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I went to a panel that happened in, I think, in around December 2019 or November or something like that. And they had a bunch of people who were producers and directors, including 
You were on that, were you? Was I? I think I was. It was Louise and... Okay, that makes sense. Uh, pink yeah, Louise, people. Carol, Jonathan Clark. Yeah. Um, and anyway, it was, a, it was a murderer's row of all the cool people who know things about the frameworks. And then they asked, like, uh, Louise Bagnall about, like, the length of shorts. And she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we just pitched ours as five minutes. And then it, made, it ended up being nine. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like noted uh she's like they won't give you any more money so i would highly recommend coming in on the exact time you know if you're a smaller studio so um that ditto (laughs) good advice uh but we did have a two minute one and we were very confident we could get it to two minutes and then it just it just slightly balloons but i don't think the the render was a little bit more difficult but the actual um the actual animation involved i didn't think was more than we had pitched in the script for a two minute one. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Anyway, that's people could debate me on that. But um so the two Stuff minute always one takes is, longer than you think it does. It, yeah, it, it's mad. Absolutely. Like you all you gotta do is like that that time limit or that that um suggested max time. I said that suggested that required max time has always been on the frameworks thing and I'd kinda I'd challenge you to go and find a frameworks that hit it you know um (laughs) yeah absolutely and yeah if you can go into these things just like take your script and let's make it shorter because you'll always want to give something longer to breathe or you'll want to just add a little extra action Mm -hmm. or a little bit of additional business just to sell the performance better Um, yeah for sure it just balloons and if you if you can know that ahead of time write a three minute script and pitch it for the five i don't know i'm just throwing sentences out but like they always balloon Anyhow, there's a two minute project. Those ones are for like kind of, I guess, more small up and coming studios or creators. Um, I would also argue that I think that my Aunt Sally, we had one that was a little bit, I th- I think when, uh, the, the pattern that I've noticed with frameworks is that there are kind of like sure things and then there are like dark horses. Do you know what I mean? So there's the ones where it's like, oh yeah, I get it. You got a proven track record. You have all of these things. You have a... Um, you know, like a kind of story that fits the remit that Screen Ireland wants to be pulling out in many ways. You know, that, don't quote me on that. But ultimately, it's it's like, yep, cool, you're you're destined for money, you know. And then there is like this other kind of thing, the dark horse, which will be like, well, you don't have the experience, or you don't have you know these elements, but we like this and this, and you know what? I think we'll we'll take a punt. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's a few times where I've seen stuff like that happen. So, and I think that's more likely to happen with a two minute one. And I believe that that's what happened with our one. Because I think that they just thought, this is weird and interesting and it might yeah. work. And, you know, we, they don't, they are a very new studio, aka only founded a month before the submission. Yeah. So but they've, maybe, they've encountered that, you know, historically, you know, yeah. and like when you, when yeah. you, when you say something like that, like I, I can't, I can't guess the rationale that goes into why one does well or the other. I can't speak to what's in the people's minds but like you're you must be a known property to them at this point you've applied for frameworks a number of times and you've like by the time you came along with my aunt sally that was the first time that you've had you know you've had a registered production company and uh like the, you, you did a producer's course as well so you've got that additional accreditation under your belt as well like you're you're a known quantity that's come to them a number of times with pitches that 
you know, they can't have looked at them and gone, this is bad. You know, they must have, they have to have seen the merit, but seen where you've fallen down in your application. And you've come back to them with addition, you know? So you gave them permission to say yes to you by having these extra things in, you know? I mean, I don't know how much of a known quantity I want. I, but, you know, like it's not like you're, oh God, you're stalking their thoughts every hour of the day. It's when these things come up again. It's have you done it before? Have you applied? Have I seen that name already? And um, with these projects or whatnot. And yeah, it's true. That's one thing I really did want to mention is that for years I was pitching them, but I was kind of always of the a bit more relaxed where I was kind of like, yeah, well, whatever. I, I don't need a registered production company that has a, you know, a bit of money. It's a bit of investment. It's something I'm not necessarily prepared to do yet. And um, then I, there, I, I pitched one in 2019 and uh, it, it wasn't my script or my idea, but I, I really, I thought this was like one of the greatest, I still think it's really, really great. I won't mention who it was or what it was, but it was one of these shorts where I was like, I love this and I really want to see it get made. And I hope it really does someday. But uh, ultimately we we applied, we didn't get it. And then we asked for like feedback and then the feedback we got for it. Also, by the way, you if you don't get it, you can ask for feedback. Um, and it's still useful to apply Um even if you don't get it. I mean, there's no way to know that whether you get it or not, but ultimately like better to apply than to not apply is what I would say. But anyway, the feedback came back and they were just like, this idea is perfect. We'd love to make it. And I was like, just racking my brain, like what the hell am I missing then? And it literally, I, I mean, this is me saying this now, but I literally think it was, you don't have a registered production company. You don't have like some sort of cash on the table to be like, oh yeah, we're, we're actually committed to this. And by the way, you don't have to, do this yourself. You can go to another production company or somebody who's registered as a production company, but it, it is important to have a registered production company with like a kind of, just to show that you have like skin in the game, you know? Um, so that's, I think that that was just important to mention. Yeah. Um, like I, I yeah, it, it's important to say, like, I don't want to send a dozens of people knocking on somebody's door that didn't want a knock yeah. on the door, but like, producers do look for projects to produce and you know mm -hmm. it's not a lot of harm in going hey i have this idea would you want to be a producer yeah. and all they can all that's going to happen is they look at it and go look sorry i'm not doing that right now yeah exactly. it doesn't hurt to ask no um definitely not so anyway uh writers is they have the principal details of the main kind of figures involved so I I wanted to ask about Nightlink. So you wrote Nightlink, yeah? Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. So you applied as a writer and a director, I presume. Uh, yeah. yeah, I went in as a writer, director, and one of the animators, and um, we got someone okay. else to put yeah. their name down as an animator. Yeah. He so now here's a so Same as myself, writer and director, I went in on that. Um, you can also have a writer that is not you, and you can direct mm -hmm. something. Um, so that part is kind of, I think that part comes pretty handy to people who would be applying for this type of thing. But now the big one, the dreaded one that like just always and got me for years, but the producer credit, which is kind of why I wanted to talk to you as well, because you kind of have a broad smattering of experience across all this stuff. And mm -hmm. I guess, how did you, for want of a better word, overcome the obstacle of the producer, you know? 
the the obstacle of the producer is first of all and first and foremost if i wanted to do a frameworks passionately and was in a different situation i would have knocked on cavalier's door and said hey guys i have a pitch for a thing any interest in being a producer if they say no i'd have gone down to brown bag and said hey i have a thing any interest in doing a thing they they might tell me no go away i'd have gone to look i could just list studios like it's if that's what I wanted to do. Now, I found myself in a position where I was in a software company, in essence. And I just had to make the case that we produce content for schools. We produce animated content for um, explainer videos for companies or, um, you know, whiteboard videos for, you know, We've got we've got the odd pharmaceutical company that needs to train ten thousand staff across the bloody world, and they need to tell them all how to use this new website thing. So we've we've made, you know, little short videos and stuff. So we just the argument was, uh, Radii is a producer of content, and we just put it on the form, pointed at the links to the animation, and in the application, you know, we got the interview, and I think they were a little like, who are these people? But, you know, we just made a good case. And that's, you know, that's a separate step in the process if you want to get on to what the interview process is like. But, you know, hopefully that answers the question about what to do about a producer. I, I think it's it's the only answer I can give you is approach producers politely without being pushy. Get any feedback that they're willing to give you with the time that they're willing to give you if they're willing to and accept the fact that if they're not, they're not fair enough, move on to the next one. And, you know, I just got lucky and was in-house and was able to sell an idea. So with the producer, did you put down the name of one individual or did you just put down Ray, Rad? Radii. Oh, sorry. Um, Radii, it, thank it, you. It's okay. It's a name that always trips people up. It is the plural of radius. Uh, radius. Oh, um, that makes are, it easier are, actually for me to remember. We are the central hub of your requirements. Lovely. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the head of Radii. You know, we're a small software company, you know, and it was that simple. I, I, I went to Greg and I said, I have this idea for a thing. There are these schemes here. I can point to them. We're doing what we do anyway. Can we do this as well? We have the software. We have the, the tools. Um, And he went, yeah, great. Um, My usual go-to. So here I'm going to go through my trial and error process just so that people get to, to know. Um. God, what did we do the first time? Um, yeah, we had a friend of ours who was in London and he had produ- He was a production manager on a few things. Mm-hmm. So we're like, can we put you down? He's like, yeah, sure. So we put him down. And then I, I don't think that was a goer. Then the next year I was like, hey, I've made a few short films. What if I just put my own name at the end of them as producer? And then I put myself down as producer on this thing. So I did that. Mm-hmm. And then that wasn't really a goer either. Although I do, th- I do think that the production company had something to do with it. I'm just saying that these are avenues that I tried mm-hmm. on previous applications. Yeah. And then um, as we were submitting, I had kind of gotten to know just people around the place uh, who did like some areas of production. So Mm. I contacted a few friends of mine and asked them, would you be interested in doing this? And they all said no. But then one of them said, I do know somebody who might be interested in doing this. And she works in 
uh, uh, Boulder. She worked in Boulder at the time. Uh, she came on board. So that's another way that you can do it, like a freelance producer mm -hmm. to come in. And they're, you know, I at the same time, easier said than done because there's plenty of times where I was like looking around for a freelance producer and it's they're they're quite hard to come by so I was very blessed by having Claire agree to come on board but um she was the final part of the the process it was on the I think the paint was still what's the word I'm looking for the ink was still wet when Claire was agreeing to whatever you get what I'm saying the, mm. the whole thing was, was a very quick process but uh but anyway the the, the point is is that um Producing, if you're looking for a producer, you can go to a production company. You can, ch and it helps if you have a pre existing relationship with them. Yeah, because I like, there. I, as yeah. I said, that I'm like, I know a couple of people who are like, they're not going to thank me for saying, oh, no. Because you just get people no. knocking on the door then. But it like, like, I don't know, polite, polite emails. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, can you give me, like, I mean, this is how you also get your name out there a little bit as a person yeah. who's making stuff, you know, mm -hmm. say like, I'm looking to make stuff with people. Would you be interested in being one of those people? And if not, could you guide me somewhere and yeah. mention somebody who you, you might think and you'd be surprised at the results. And yeah. most of the time they just don't get back to you. So that's yeah. not like, you know. Um, it's um, a phrase yeah. I have in my head and I, I made it up and it, it doesn't it doesn't entirely mean uh, you're going mm. to do amazing, but often the barrier for entry is just doing something. Exactly. Yeah. Just so that's that's what I kind of wanted to get at. But a registered company, pretty essential. Um, and I, honest, I mean, I know it's kind of implied, but I wanted to make it applied. <laughs> Sorry, just because for me, I spent a lot of my time going, eh, it's fine, whatever, come on, yeah. give me the money to make the thing. But actually, no, it turns out it is uh, uh, important. So God, they have well, new it's, a, it's a government yeah. body, you know, like they need yeah. to be able to, you know, they need to be able to talk back to, I don't know, if the, if the organization gets audited or whatever, they need to be able to go, we acted mm -hmm. responsibly with government money. Yeah. So, um, that's my yeah, thinking no, on I, it anyway. and that's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just a, just a greedy man. I think <laughs> give me my money. Um, anyway, production company, uh, proposed production company, production company registration number. Now here's what you can do. You can just go and look up a random company on the, no, I'm just kidding, on the CRO and just put their number in there. <laughs> that's a joke. That's getting edited out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got a log line that's 25 words max I mean if you're in college you learned what a log line was mm -hmm. and uh, well log line which why don't we would just say it anyway log line is basically like you try to lay it out in a sentence basically mm -hmm. and uh, make it kind of informative about what the piece is but also enticing so that people want to continue I'd, I'd imagine you know mm -hmm. um, my log line was if I can remember it an omniscient pig tells the story of a relationship between the man who killed them and the woman who served them as an in-flight meal. So, um, that one really bogs me for some reason, but I guess it worked. I guess if we're going to look at it structurally, I think the idea of an omniscient pig, so it's the idea of like, you know, oh, it's a pig who can see it all, tells the story of your relationship, you know, you know what this is going to be then. Uh, between the man who killed them and the woman who served them. So now we know why they're omnipotent, omniscient in some way. And then 
that the, I think the inclusion of just like an in-flight meal makes it kind of like what? That's so crazy. Well, like there's um, um uh, I just pulled up a few as well, like just from movies, mm. like um with the help of a German bounty hunter, a freed slave sets out to rescue his wife from a plantation owner. That tells you what the movie. Django, like, baby. Django. Yeah. Uh, the aging patriarch of an organized crime dynasty transfers control to his reluctant son. Amazing. It's Godfather. You know, that's like, can you Godfather. sum it up? And yeah, exactly. But like, make it kind of so that people will be like, oh, what are, what's that all about? I don't know why I'm so astray in the head. As soon as the mics come on, then all of a sudden I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, so I did the synopsis. Now it's 300 words, I think, on the, when I did it. Yeah, there's still 300 words. And that's uh, quite, for me anyway, it was quite a lot to pack in all the stuff, but I think I managed anyway. Um, and I put on a bunch of formatting into it. Like I had like paragraphs and line breaks, but now that I've seen the actual submission, turns out that it just condenses it all into the one thing. So that, you needn't have bothered. That's the thing. Is, that's why yeah. the screen grab and or, or looking at the form ahead of time, like I had Google documents that were just like nicely laid mm -hmm. out and formatted with a heading, like a header exactly. and a footer. And it's like, oh, I just have to copy and paste into this field. Exactly. It's the story. It's what happens in it. It's a tough one to pare down, I've discovered. But uh, the best thing that I could say is to just open up a Word document, go nuts, and then copy and paste it and removing all the words until eventually you can fit it inside the character limit. Mm -hmm. So if you're good at tweeting, then uh, it should be easy for you. Um, how about you? What would be your uh, guiding principle on a synopsis or a logline? No, I mean, you kind of covered it. It's just, can you boil it down to what it is? I mean, I, I have trouble with... Um, I have trouble with... Nightlink and, and her song as well you know there's there's so much in her song to try and um to try and condense that into the the heart of it you know you kind of you kind of you can kind of get distracted by the the flowery stuff that happens in it but if you can sell people on on the heart of it the this is the second frameworks we made which is you know the the kind of what a poetic and illustrated history of the mother and baby homes in Ireland and their effects on a family, you know, but, you know, you can get lost talking about banshees and, and the other stuff that happens in it. But that that heart of it is the thing that people latch on to. But yeah, no, I mean, it'll break your heart to take out all this stuff as well. Sometimes you really, the part of you that's a writer, I suppose, is going to get like a bit flourishy with everything, you know, but uh, you just got to, you know, I hate to say it, got to kill your darlings, as they say. Um just seems I don't like quoting my my lecturers. Dated script, put in your script. Good rule of thumb, obviously, is um, two pages for two minutes usually. But I mean, with our one, it was about three pages, I believe. Unless we somehow managed to get that in. Yeah, three, I mean, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, don't look at the page number. Don't worry, it'll be two minutes. And then it's just like, no, it turns out. Uh, so three pa three pages correct. turned into three minutes. Basically, fair basically. enough. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I hate that. I hate when those rules turn out to be correct. Yeah, yeah. But a page a minute is usually the yeah. good rule of thumb. And despite what people say as well, I will say about like, you know, um, sometimes with animation scripts, they go like, oh yeah, you need like more description of stuff for animators. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think with a pitching thing, it's like you just need enough lines to evoke something in the reader. And a lot of times when you're pitching it into frameworks, they are like, you know, 
live action people in many respects. So they kind of, you know, I think that they can... They read a lot of scripts, you know. They so read they, a lot of they, scripts. Yeah. So it's not going to be like, you, you don't have to feel in your heart like, oh, no, no, no. But if they don't know what color the doilies are, then how are they meant to get a sense of the room? It's like, no, you know, it's okay to leave something up to interpretation, especially when you're having to meet a page limit like that. But as I said, I did submit a three-page script, so it wasn't exactly the end of the world. Mm. Um, but I, it, the best rule of thumb is to do exactly as they say, <laughs> because you just don't want to leave anything up where like, oh, if I'd only done this, maybe it'd have gone different. No, mm. it's like, just do exactly as the thing. Because there was a few times where I've had a script and I was like, ah, oh, it's only half a page over. And then my, my friend at the Alec... Um, Got it. How come I can't remember? Alec Baldwin. I can't remember his uh, his last name now for some reason, but Alec Alec Moore, sorry. Uh he um he he was like, no, nah, better just to give them what they ask for. So uh, I had a, a good friend that time. He just went over the script and mercilessly cut out lines and all of the stuff that I'd done to, because what I tend to do as well is I'll like, again, do like paragraph breaks in scripts that'll kind of add to this flow or something that I, this imaginary flow that I have in my head. Yeah. And um, it just needlessly makes it longer than it needs to be. And he was able to just get it in at a tight two pages and you're just like, but all the all the lovely little bits here are just gone. It's like, yeah, no, needs must for this type of thing, you know. Let the film do the talking at the end, you know. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I'm just going to sure. say the producer's notes. So the visual examples, that's like uh, character design, background, storyboards. Actually, um, I director's previous work, that was also a thing. I just put in combat action teen short that I'd made, mm -hmm. and that was that. I mean, if you make things, you make things... Um, I guess showreel could apply for some other people, but it, I think it would be useful if you had like a short film to your yeah. name. At least yeah. I found it useful. Visual examples, that was like, I just treated that like a production Bible I put together. Um, I put together, in fact, I, I followed your example because I just messaged Aiden and I asked him, what did you put in for like Nightlink? Yeah. And then Eve. <laughs> and I was first, building yeah. off of your example, yeah. bear, bear that in mind, because I had That's talked so to you funny. the previous year for the... The, I talked to you the previous year for the, the RTE thing and I talked mm. to the, the folks at Paper Panther as well and, you know, I built yeah. on that and then you talked to me and built on it again, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I did because I was like really resist, like really resistant to doing, and it's going to sound bad, but I was really resistant to doing too much work. I really was like, no, here are some drawings, here are three drawings, take that, do what you will with them, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then, like, I just kept seeing the people who got approval for things, and I was like, all right, I guess I just have to go yeah. above and beyond what I would normally do. Well, I did... And so, yeah. I did two, maybe three fully rendered images of what I wanted the film to look like. Yeah. Like, they don't... The film, like, I can put the two shots side by side and go, that's, mm -hmm. you know, you can clearly see which one was rougher. It was a year earlier, pre further yeah, development exactly. the other thing i did was a i did a two second little shot i just animated a shot yeah. from it as well and like it's rough as guts but you know a little bit of editing on it a little bit of sound effect on it and yeah i know yeah know, like visual it, stuff it is always it. helpful even though yeah yeah even I though mean, it's a real pain but like <laughs> yeah sorry go on it's yeah it, it's telling them what they're gonna get really you know it, it's it's the chance to show them this is the film i intend to make um and that's like even when we were doing the portfolio course stuff uh, there was 
the, the I kind of like I got very prescriptive and I don't know if that helped or hindered people, but like the, the storyboard or the, the portfolio requirements are, you know, like you need storyboards and you need life drawing. And it's like, those are the two requirements in the prospectus. And I was like, okay, well, storyboards and this, and let's tick this box and tick that box. And you're doing an animation course. So you'll have examples of animation you've done, but now you've got 14 pieces in your portfolio. There's eight more spaces. This is where you show them who you are as an artist and what you're going to do. This is where you show them this is the stuff I'm into, this is the thing. And and that's the same logic I brought to the, the application was I need to show them what I want to do here. And that was in the director's notes as well. Like I, I had lots of um, visual references to things that I like, was feeding into my, um, but I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know. I can't, re- I can't quite remember if that's, no, that's a PDF. I, you, you get to upload the PDF of the director's notes, right? Yeah. So I had, you know, Mignola shots and Chico and Rita and and Michael Mann shots from like the streets at night in LA and um, Kubrick photographs of, you know, Chicago he took in the 40s and like explaining what element of this mood and that mood and why, why I liked them and why they spoke to me. And For the visual examples, what I did was, I me, what I do is I like creating pitch packages that are themed, you know, so like for combat action teams, I have a package and I try to make it like this needs to look like a sticker book from the 90s or something that is like f- pitching you something, you know. So each tableau that I did, because I would just mm-hmm. refer to them as tableaus, would feature on a like a lunchbox or mm-hmm. a, you know, or something or a video cassette or something like that. Mm-hmm. So similarly um, with this one, it wasn't as tacky <laughs> as that but what I did is I I wanted to do I did a landscape one and I wanted to just have this cosmic spacey theme to it so the cover was as much a part of it as well so it was like a uh, a meal uh, which ended up being the poster so there's like an airline meal with pork printed on it and it's just floating in space mm-hmm. and then when I opened it up there was two tableaus that would just be like, here is what the film is designed to look like. These interlocking panels that kind of portray different stories, you know, and things that happen. Um, And then we had a character design page. And then I was just like racking my brain. I was wrestling it up. I was like, it's something that I'd done quite a lot with before. And I wanted to make sure that it could get in at two minutes. And I was worried that they would not kind of think that this could get into two minutes they were right so what I did is I recorded myself doing the narration of how I thought it would be and it came in at a tidy two minutes mm-hmm. uh, what happened after that I have no idea but anyway I also so sent that in took breaths since, since, between sentences <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but then what ended up happening was I I also then decided oh I'll do some drawings for it you know just because it it looks so boring having just the audio by itself so for a small section of it I did up a few panels of just some sort of action and and it was also important to me to show the action because it was like you know for example there's one scene where it's like a character is looking at a window having a smoke and then a panel of an airplane goes past and the smoke cloud from his cigarette becomes a cloud going past in mm. a panel that goes over. So it's, just, it's hard to describe out loud, but visually I think it makes sense. And if you've seen mm. the film, then you also know that we did use that shot. So that was that was what I did. I, I, we kind of put in 
you know, the, the video stuff you can put in is like, do you have anything else to show us? And so I just put that in at the end. Um, yeah, that's what I did with the two seconds yeah. that I did as well. And like, yeah. That was also a sort of like, you know, uh, yeah. self-deluding exercise in going, I can get two seconds of animation done a day. Yeah. You know? I know. Yeah. Yeah. And the visuals, I will say as well, uh, what I what happened was it was a very collaborative process. I did up some rough drawings. I sent them over to um, our... So I sent them over to Aoife. Aoife did some rough drawings. Then we sent them to Cat O'Brien, who was our uh, animator, animation director in the end. And uh, she um, went over them as well. And then we had these like beautiful designs and this great look to it. And I, I was very pleased. So we mm. sent that over. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a whole thing. It's like, it doesn't always have to rest entirely on your shoulders if you don't want it to. And you have people who you can collaborate with and want to. But also one important point uh, that comes up, uh, if you hover over this little question mark, Please compress multiple files together and upload as a single PDF file, max file size, five megabytes. And that, like, for yeah. it just, don't leave that to the last minute, you because you will just give yourself a heart attack that you don't need, all right? <laughs> yeah, I've, I have yeah. been that person. Because it'll let you upload yeah. them. Sometimes it'll yeah. let you upload it, and then you hit send, and it goes, file size too large, and you're like... Exactly. I, ups- I uploaded it three weeks ago and was then just going to hit send on the I know, day. Yeah. And then like, shit, I have to take everything out, go I and know. compress everything on tiny PDF or something. And Oh no, it'll destroy it. But like, yeah. here's a top trick, a top tip, top trick. I don't know, whatever. Top tricks of the unprepared. Uh, save them as JPEGs. Save them as JPEGs, but at a, you know, at a, you don't need, they don't need to be really small. They can just be like, you know, at a middle in size. Uh, just to be safe, and then you can compress them in uh, Photoshop. Um, Google that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to explain that to mm-hmm. you. But you can make a Photoshop file, a PDF in Photoshop, uh, combining yeah. a bunch of JPEGs together. File automate PDF presentation. Select open files. Thank you. You can That's drag exactly them around in it. order. Yeah. Um, if you do have, if you have Adobe Photoshop, chances are you have Adobe Acrobat, and you can open multiple PDFs and organize pages, and then combine them as well, which is really handy. Mm-hmm. And then tiny PDF yeah. will shrink the thing. So, okay, we've been going very long, tutorial. so I'm sorry to, to do the okay. YouTube tutorial. YouTube's your friend. Um, so the producer's notes, and they have helpfully outlined stuff here. These should include detailed production notes on the proposed. One, animation technique. Two, mm-hmm. methodology. Three, key crew. Four, music. Mm-hmm. Five, voice casting ideas. Six, target audience. Seven, archive sourcing and costing if using. Eight, uh, any other information necessary to your production. So this is a very clinical kind of document. Doesn't mean you have to be entirely heartless in it. I, I you know, contributed to the producer's notes a little bit, but it is literally to be like, boom, how are we animating us? It, it us, With us, it was Flash. We're doing an Adobe Animate. Why? Mm-hmm. Because of this. Methodology, how are you going to make it look not like Flash, basically? <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that was our key thing. And then the key crew, luckily we had most of that kind of sorted with the production company we were doing. Uh, music, you can kind of go, here are the type of sounds that we're going for. And they really evoke like, oh yeah, this is the type of lonely thing that we're going for with this, you know, solitary keyboard, synthy type music. Um, voice casting, that also really evokes something, you know, because, you know, I think we initially had like, oh, we'd love to get someone like Sharon Horgan to do it or uh, Tara Flynn, you know, somebody who's just got that kind of very dry voice to it, that kind of is also buoyant and carries the 
target audience, you know that yourselves, what it is. Uh, I think, I don't know. Was it, I, didn't, I don't remember if we had target audience, but if I was to say one, it would be disenchanted millennials. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think most yeah. of the time, the, the well, I guess the, the mindset I have is like a target audience is festival circuit. You know, because, yes. you yeah. know, these, these are rarely, these are rarely, you know, preschool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So exactly, exactly. And also uh, that's an important point is to look up um, um, the frameworks outlined the way that they put it and then you can get hints from it. It's like if anybody who's applying for a job, when you read the application, you go back over and you see important for us is teamwork, important for us is this. And you just need to figure out a way to weave teamwork and stuff like that to go back to, you know. I I think it's... Maybe I'm wrong in this because mm. I I didn't write the producer's notes um, mm. completely. Like I definitely contributed in terms of like technical understanding and animation because we were talking about a software company yeah. moving towards animation as well. So there was a little input for me. Yeah, but I so think, same, yeah, yeah. I think there's an opportunity in there for the producer to go, I want to put a year of my life into looking after this film because yeah. I have faith in this filmmaker. I yeah. believe in this message. I like this production. I, you know, so it's an opportunity for the, you know, the producer is involved, you know, why, why do they want to do yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And, and Screen Definitely. Ireland are in, involved as well, you know, like uh, a, a lot of the dealings or the the back and forth that we had during every one of our productions, I firmly got the sense from everyone that I was talking to, that like they want to make the best film they can make. Yeah. They want to make your film better. Hmm. Whether or not you agree with the notes that you're getting, they want hey, to make I you feel better. I didn't say anything. I, 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 know, I know you didn't, but I, I just, I do know what the other argument is there. And I do know yeah, how yeah. filmmakers and creatives can bristle, but like they, they're in the film industry and they want to make good films. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's a collaboration. Um, oh my days. All right. So director's notes, and this one is kind of the ones that we'd know a lot about, which is, uh, yeah, basically just uh, be honest because, you know, chances are if you have a short film, you want to make the short film because they're certainly not in it for the money. And I'm not saying that it's disparaging. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. if you're making short films, you're usually, you know, it's a very, it's a tough business. So anyways, this, this part can come quite naturally. And I think it, at least it did to me. I don't know about other people. It's difficult to write for some people, but, you know, um, but yeah, like, I think that literally just be honest. Like, even if you think that sounds really dumb, it's like, well, write it down anyway and then make it smart later on, you know? I want to make we, this because I like we, the color red, you know? We, we've got a problem with sincerity in, the, in this country sometimes, you know, and it just can feel twee to just sit down and just go, I this means something to me and I'm really fascinated by this story and this environment and I think I can evoke something and just, just knocking the knocking the sort of voice in the back of your head that goes no you're being real twee just be sincere um so they have their creative intention the style the visual approach and the overall vision for the project and uh, you had an important note which is to include images and stuff because it is a visual thing and that's exactly what i was particularly inspired by uh, the work of chris ware which i've been told comes off in the thing um yeah much yeah. much to my i mean you know the Sometimes I feel like I'm ripping people off, but I don't know. I mean, I guess you make what you make. Sometimes that's what I feel anyway. Like, I heard a great line from Tommy Tiernan where it's like, even if you tried to rip something off, I don't think that you you couldn't, you would make it different somehow, regardless. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, like, the, you know. The, we are a stew of our influences and, you know. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're never, like, 
again this goes back to the teaching stuff that like one of the things i tried to get the students that i was teaching with to do is just like every week bring in three drawings from three different artists and then Mm, when we all present them to each other pick an artist that somebody else brought in go and find something like that and, and just like wander off and i tried to get people to just broaden out their influences and like yeah yeah. you are like i definitely i've got bruce tim norman rockwell uh uh, uh, mike minola i i know i'm just naming like comic book stuff but like like i've got a bunch of pre-raphaelite stuff i've got a bunch of like i've just got a wide range of just visual stuff in a folder just like playing on a loop on a screensaver beside me and that stuff seeps into your head like chico and rita is a film i saw once but the the way the world was Mm. the way the like the dark outline of the characters the way the like line weight was on it just stuck in my head and like i was drawing concept work for nightlink and i went that's that's that and then i went and looked back at chico and rita and went oh that's that's seeped into my and, head, um, you know? Anyway, one of the other things that I put in was uh, if there was a mechanic, then there was a mechanic in our film that is a series of overlapping panels with actions showing multiple different timelines, essentially. So to mm-hmm. convey that to the film board, it was kind of important to do. And uh, uh, a thing that I was particularly inspired by was Richard Maguire's Here, which is a comic that this basically depicts this one room and it's a simple six... You know, what's the word? Nine panel comic layout, usually. Um, okay. But it's this one corner of a room and within each of these individual panels are smaller overlapping panels that show like, here's the action in the room in 1960. Here's the action in the room in 25 BC. Here's mm. the action in the room. And, you know, so uh, across the divide as well, some of these panels can be talking to each other. And it was just the way that he was playing with time that was incredibly interesting and I wanted to see if like I could do that in a kind of an animated way now I (laughs) whether I succeeded I succeeded a a small bit in kind of doing it but like I sometimes I I feel like my brain wasn't big enough to encompass all the things that I want and by the way that's also something that you know if you get the thing is going to be a huge problem is in not a problem but like that you your ambition is always going to be far greater than the thing that I think you inevitably make in your eyes. A lot of people, nobody's going to know the film that is in your head and it's never going to be that way. So you that, just kind of need to accept that, you know? That's the thing with anything I draw or anything I create yeah. where, where I get positive feedback from. I'm just like, all I see is what I was aiming at and I didn't hit, you know? And I'm, exactly. Like, it, it's, it's, it's the weird frustration where I, you, again, in terms of like knocking that th- voice in the back of your head, like if someone says, oh, I love that, don't go, yeah, but it's shit because I didn't get to X, Y, Z. Just say thank you. Exactly. Because they exactly. like it and they yeah. enjoy it. And it's like, yeah, you've made somebody happier with the thing mm. you made. And I'm try really trying on. to learn that. It's very difficult for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, next section, that's pretty much that. Um, finance and legal, that's stuff where the budget, breakdown budget's pretty straightforward i mean there's excel kind of guidance on twitter and uh, not twitter sorry youtube and google if you're looking for that and they can kind of give you useful little algorithms to put into the uh, excel or google sheets yeah and uh, and the top sheet yeah and you can kind of you know do your sums and just try to hit the number and the number that you're trying to hit is whatever you're applying for it's not slightly over or oh it's under and it's going to make me look better because i've gone for less money than they asked for you should always be trying to hit pretty much exactly 20k okay um if you're going for the smaller one 55 if you're going for the larger one um so that's that and your producer should be able to help you with that um 
and rights if you're pre-existing work I wasn't doing that uh, mm -hmm. details of source material I wasn't doing that I don't think you were well, I think you might have had to no. did you have to do it for Jack and Eva's or was that no okay no. there's a project um, where the, there's yeah. there's stuff like that where I'm like like the one we pitched at the moment we talked about um, or the last one we pitched we talked about using uh, a poem by a well-known poet and we had to mm. sort of go and approach them ahead of time and go hey this is what we're doing this is what we're thinking and that's why this piece of work would be relevant for X, Y and Z what mm. do you think um, and you know like unfortunately time ran out of us on that one because the discussion was going back and forth and the deadline approached and ultimately we decided like we just don't have mm -hmm. the time to actually mm -hmm. finish out this sort of conversation and negotiation it just wasn't going to happen yeah. so we we you know kind of abandoned that concept and pushed on with um the project without and like i don't think that that's i, I want to like be sure to say that like you know, I think the project's strong without it. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, uh, even at the time I was slightly like, well, yeah, I think we can write our own thing here. Like, I don't mean to say that mm -hmm. we're better than that writer, but it's just like, I, th I was like, I think we should be pushing for you. you guys have a thing to say. I think you should be saying it. And yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. you need to borrow this man's work to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that was just my opinion good of launch. this particular project. I just, I didn't yeah. think they needed someone else's words there I think they could tell the story they wanted to tell yeah yeah a good launching off point you know and uh, but yeah no that's interesting now I suppose if you're working with something that has source material you just got to contact the person and yep. um, then if you don't get permission then think whether you even need that so that's yeah. a good little bit of advice anyway um, one thing I know this is such a stupid point but ultimately I heard that um the Matrix came about because the Wachowskis wanted to make um, a Ghost in the Shell movie. Um, okay. But then they couldn't get permission to do that. So they're like, all right, let's just do our own thing. So it's like, yeah. it is possible to, again, like just this idea of like the inspirations and the stuff that you take can become something entirely of its own. And, uh, you know, if you are... Someone said to me recently, like Darren Aronofsky. I think it's Aronofsky as as like credited mm. Satoshi Kon with all of his best ideas. It's just like really, yeah, I, got, I, so funny. I get my best ideas from Satoshi Kon. You know, yeah. There was a great one time, and Harry Enfield. They were asking, "How do you? How are you? So you know, what's your idea for success? You know, like how would you?" And he was like, uh, "Become friends with Paul Whitehouse and just steal all his ideas." And I thought that was you know. It's a very nice, sweet thing to yeah. say about your collaborator, but you know yeah. it is also true. <laughs> um, but anyway, well, well, so what, 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 what's the moral of that sentiment? Though is what just build good collaborative relationships with good people or creative people. I suppose, yeah, yeah. If you like somebody, uh, don't be afraid to send them off an email and talk to them. You know, you never be. You might be surprised. Um, mm. So yeah, that's basically it. The rest of it is kind of just technical stuff. Um, um, I think basically this is just a precursor to handing it in um, and uh, people who've done the application a few times uh, suffered, suffered, uh, had some setbacks before, uh, but also to uh, have a frameworks under your belt as well is useful to be able to say like, okay, well, we're coming from an informed position when we're saying, here are some things that worked for us and didn't work for us and things you should keep in mind when you're putting an application in for frameworks. Um, which I highly recommend you do, actually. It's a very good scheme. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, 
learn, learn, learn as much as you can, you know, like the, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, you mentioned, um, creative Europe there briefly, you know, and, and like the, the, the call outs for like, I, I missed that Halloween thing, you know, I knew they did the Christmas thing and I was kind of waiting for that to come around again. And then I realized they'd done a Halloween thing. So like looking out for what commissioning, I'm just wandering into like broader animation pitching at this point, but like there's lots of stuff out there and trying to be aware of it is tricky. Yeah, I'm. I'm not the. I'm not the. I'm not the best example. Like I, I will close this off by going. You know, like I've had. I've had a version of a narrow experience in the animation industry. This, or at least in terms of pitching frameworks and and creating short films so far. And everybody's experience does seem to be different in it. You know, so, um, you know, I am not by any means gospel in anything I've said here, and hopefully I haven't said anything that would bother anybody. But, um. No, I don't really think tool. I have anything to say that would bother yeah. anybody. Um, um, but now if anybody ever asks you about the frameworks, you just send them this podcast and just say, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm living my life. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, that, that's, I think that's essentially it. I, I'm, I'm losing energy fast. I got to go have dinner. So I'm going to, but um, I would love to have you back on again, just because I really like talking to you. I'm going to um, take a cheeky moment at the end of the podcast and uh, yeah, say and uh, myself and uh, my buddies, uh, I'm an animator. My buddy's a tattoo artist in Dublin. We've an illustrator guy in Cork. Three of us have a podcast called The Endless Stream. You can find us on Instagram at The Endless Cast. And we talk nerd news and sci-fi stuff and movies. And it's just three folk being belligerent and um it's good fun um check out the instagram anyway we do an illustration for every episode and we put up clips so at the endless cast on instagram um it's good fun thing yeah so if you want my aunt sally you can find us on at my aunt sally prod on twitter and then at my aunt sally on most everything else also we have www.http put that in at the start i don't know if your computer does it automatically uh www.com myonsally.com you can find all the stuff there I'm going to try and revamp the website and make it look a little cooler thank you for tuning in Um, sorry I fell apart at the end thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate it and yeah like I said I have to do it again and also just have a call again because it's been it's just great to talk to people and to feel like, oh yeah, that's the thing that happened to me as well. It's, I loved hearing your perspective on all of it. So thanks a million. Yeah. 